0: Hello from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. This is the Nick Zettner Geology Podcast, episode 113, Nick on the Rocks. Thanks for listening. Hi everybody, it's late July and it's been a few weeks since our last gathering here with the radio broadcasts. Thanks for tuning into this one. This is a This has turned into an audio podcast which talks about not only geology here in the Pacific Northwest, almost exclusively Washington geology, but also, more and more, I'm talking about science communication. For whatever reason, it's just a big part of what I'm doing these days, so I'm kind of also commenting on how I think one might uh, communicate science to a broad audience, and perhaps a couple of the things I've learned along the way have been helpful to at least a few of you. Otherwise, just maybe it's entertaining. I don't know. That's just what I'm doing, man. Okay, so today let's do a couple of preambles, and then we'll get to the topic, which is uh, the resurrection of a PBS geology video series called Nick on the Rocks. Okay, so the preamble's first, geology-related. The last two weeks of August, which is coming up soon, uh, there is a Penrose Conference led by Basil Tukoff and Stacia Gordon over in western Idaho. I'm spending a full two weeks over there, and some of you uh, remember me talking about that Penrose Conference back when I was doing the Baja BC series, And many of those characters will be there. Those geologists will be there in Western Idaho physically. I think there's 75 geologists coming in from all over the world. And my job with that conference is to be an outreach person, to somehow communicate what's going on during the Penrose Conference uh, or after the Penrose Conference to the general audience. That's part of the grant application. You need to promise that you'll do some outreach to the community. And so that's what I'm doing. I cannot film during the Penrose Conference. Uh, I can't record anything uh, while the conversations are happening in the building. But I will be broadcasting, at least that's my tentative plan, I will be broadcasting in the evenings, maybe every evening, unless we're all super burned out. And we'll do some live streaming from this remote location. And my hope is to have the live chat people uh, do question and answer with uh, a different geologist every night. Some geologists familiar to everyone from this past winter's Baja BC A to Z series, like St- Karin Siglock will be there, Basil will be there, uh, Bernie Hausen, paleo mag guy will be there. So so that's the, the tentative plan. And on a programming note, there was an open invitation for the public to come to Western Idaho and be on a field trip with Basil, Tikoff and myself. And Basil's idea was that uh, he wanted to practice doing the field trips for the geologists. Uh, He wanted to do dry runs of those field trips with the public. Well, I made an announcement video, uh, I guess it was April or March even, and the response has been overwhelming, and at some point, Probably in May, I just took the video down because we were just getting too many people wanting to join us. So my message is, if you remembered about that Penrose thing and you haven't seen anything about it in the last few months, I'm sorry, but there's a reason that I took that video down, and and the contacting Leslie and all that stuff is just in the ether, uh, because. There's already 100 people who are going to be there with like 50 vehicles, and it's, it's way too much for what Basil wanted to do in the field. So as always, uh, flattered and excited by all the interest, but there was just too much there. So it's mostly going to be uh, live streaming where I'm engaging with the public, and I hope that you'll look for those videos. This is in the last two weeks of August. That's I don't have the dates in front of me. Also, preamble, uh, I've made a breakthrough courtesy of YouTube viewer Ryan in Springfield, Illinois, who drove from Springfield up to Chicago on a day a couple weeks ago, brought his iPhone, got himself into the University of Chicago's Special Collections Library, worked with the librarians, got permission to take photos of Bretz's handwritten sketches. From the 1920s. This is the Ice Age floods we're talking about. Uh, Brett's typed up notes were apparently every uh, late summer when Brett's was riding the train back to Chicago from the Channeled Scablands in Washington, he would get his little typewriter in his lap and start typing day after day as the train was heading back to the Midwest. So Ryan not only Took photos of many of those summer's notes, but he put them in PDF form. He emailed the PDFs to me. Uh, I just posted a video yesterday in Moses Cooley with Joel Gombiner, geologist from University of Washington, and we were out there reading Brett's notes in the field a hundred years after the fact. And I will be doing much, much more with those notebooks, which I'm pretty sure nobody has seen, save for like maybe truly just a handful of researchers who have made the pilgrimage to the University of Chicago to see those Brett's notebooks. Otherwise, I don't think anybody else has seen them. And so it's just another example of how this YouTube stuff uh, is unusual. and, And we're finding all sorts of interesting historical things to add to the Missoula flood story, the Ice Age flood story. And it's been really fun. So there's plenty more coming with the Ice Age floods and the life and work of Jay Harlan Bretts, but that's not the episode today. So thank you, Ryan, I, I thanked him in the video. I'll probably continue to thank Springfield Ryan for uh, months to come. I have announced on the YouTube channel that I will be doing an alphabet series again this coming winter, just to get me through the winter, but also just stay up with the momentum of, of, of this community that we have. And I'm not sure, radio listener, if you're going to be part of the scene or not, but I will be doing an Ice Age Floods, or maybe I'll just call it Brett's A to Z, uh, starting in mid-November and going until mid-February. Two live streams a week. We'll have live interviews and the whole thing. Looking forward to that. So that's that's been announced. What I haven't announced anywhere yet, but I think I want to announce right here, is that I have... Oh, boy. I didn't look up the dates. I have... Uh, Reserved the Morgan Auditorium in downtown Ellensburg for three new downtown lectures next spring. Uh, hang on, let me. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, oh man, what day's Easter? All right. Well, I should have looked this up ahead of time. I'm sorry. <clears throat> There's going to be a, I'll just say this. There's going to be a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, three lectures in a row in downtown Ellensburg. Pretty sure it's April 4th, 5th, and 6th of 2024. And I think I'll announce that in YouTube form soon because you know, some people will want to come, I think, from a long way away and they'll be, they'll night, be night, they'll, they'll want to be here and they'll want to know that date. Um, uh, much in advance. So, what, you know, it's, it's not even August, and I'm announcing three downtown lectures in downtown Ellensburg, Washington, in early April of 2024. But, I don't know, just getting that out there will, I think, uh, just motivate me to con- continue to work on these lectures. I, I, that's the wrong way to say it. I enjoy it. I don't need motivation, I guess. But I'll probably do three new Brett's lectures where I'll try to synthesize all the stuff that I've been learning since April 1st when I started this Ice Age Flood stuff. So if you've been seeing those Ice Age Floods videos, um, I continue to push ahead with some new thoughts. I've done that with you here uh, with the most recent audio podcast called Older Glaciations. And three audio podcasts ago, there was an episode called Spokane Glaciation and Uh, I'm continuing to really enjoy new angles on the work that's already been done by the master of all of them, Jay Harlan Brett's, and it's really been fun. I suppose there's a chance that at some point, if I'm still talking about Brett's four months from now, which is almost certainly the case, I may lose some folks. They're like, this guy's, I guess this guy's out of ideas. They're talking about me. I guess this guy's out of ideas. He just keeps doing the same stuff over and over again. He's just talking about Bretts 100 years ago. Well, I I think if the, if the programs continue to be uh, watched and listened to, we can see this narrative that's getting established, and we're just hanging new discoveries on these old thoughts. I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now, except that I'm going to be in this wheelhouse for a long time. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And I certainly hope that many of the viewers will continue this, this uh, exploration with me. And that's the other last thing I'll say with the preambles at the 10-minute mark, for goodness sake. I'm now recently l- leaning on the YouTube viewers. Like Much of what we're unearthing, no pun intended, is... Is uh, historical documents, old photographs, old letters, uh, you know, and and as we know, the personal collections of letters and and other things that have been collecting dust for a hundred years are now starting to become digitized by reference librarians, and made available, including all this Brett's stuff that hasn't been seen by anybody. So. The viewers, Sharon in Malaga and Sharon in Colville, there's a lot of Sharons involved and there's Springfield Ryan and there's Brian, Uh, plenty plenty of regular viewers are now uh, offering their skills and their time to find old maps, to find old uh, journal entries and I'm not trained in any of this I don't know anything about historical research and that sort of thing but it's it's just a blast to be kind of in the middle of all this this uh fun research quote unquote okay uh, almost the 12 minute mark let's get to the topic today and I need to be careful again we're we're talking about a topic with my name in the in the subject so whatever I, I guess I just I just want to update people and also talk about a series that you may or may not know about. Okay, well, what do I want to say here? So, it wasn't my choice to come up with the phrase "Nick on the Rocks." I thought it sounded a little bit uh, pretentious, and it maybe does rub people that way. Um, but it, it 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 works. I can all I can say is it works. People that I don't know will. Uh, visit with me and, or they'll recognize me and say, hey, Nick on the Rocks. Uh, so I don't know about marketing and that sort of thing, branding, but I, I, I guess uh, one of the producers long ago, uh, video producers, came up with that um, moniker and uh, it does work. So I am talking about a, a, a video program called Nick on the Rocks. And you're like, wow, really? Okay, so what is this? Is this different than your YouTube stuff? Yes, it is. Uh, What's the format? Well, there are 24 of Nick on the Rock's episodes that were created probably from something like 2015 to 2019. And they were created by Central Washington University. And they're short. They're five-minute episodes. So the university, where I still work, thankfully, uh, had this idea uh, 10 years ago. Well, you know, there's all this interest in geology, and this guy teaching geology at our school seems to have uh, engagement with a lot of people. This is before the pandemic. This is before I was doing YouTube programs. This is before I had an audio podcast. This is just me leading public field trips, Uh, and uh, hosting uh, free public lectures uh, and had an email list, and that was about it. But Linda, who was the chief of staff at the time and the director of public affairs at Central, this is again back in 2014, 2015, said, we're going to take this geology guy and we are going to make some video programs here at Central Washington University, and we're going to give those Short geology videos to the local PBS station, which is KCTS Channel 9 in Seattle, and we're just going to we're just going to give them those videos, and we're going to get them to air them, and we're going to make sure CWU is stamped on those uh, videos at the end, so that people know uh, who made the videos, and it's going to help market the university. That was the thought of, of Linda. And she was working with the PBS station over there a little bit as a, a part of the board or something like that. I'm not quite sure. So anyway, there was a video a videographer uh, here at Central by the name of Chris. And so Chris and I made these five-minute episodes, mostly based in Washington. And Chris spent a lot of time editing those episodes and had a, a little bit of a budget for animation. There was a Dry Falls uh program. There was a Mount St. Helens program. Let me just give you a few more. There was Lake Chelan, uh, Seattle Fault, uh, Lake Lewis. I'm just trying to think of Nick on the Rock's episodes that we filmed. A Bridge of the Gods, uh, Old Columbia River, Giant Lava Flows, uh, if you've been a regular viewer of what I've been doing over the years, uh, you're, you're familiar with all these topics, and, and that's really the main point, that it was pretty easy for me to come up with show ideas. The episodes are short. It would take me just a few minutes to email Chris and Linda uh, kind of some bullet points for the skeleton of an episode and they would either go yes or no about whether they thought that there was enough kind of scenery to to work there was plenty of drone work with these episodes as well and so it was was not much time on my end to just show up out in the field meet with chris film some what are called stand-ups where you just stand and talk into the camera and get a bunch of takes of that stuff and, you know, I, I did enough field trip leading and had done en- enough just kind of learning on my own about these field trip spots uh, that, you know, I, I knew where the best places to film were. And Chris, in most cases, w- was unfamiliar with the area or didn't know any of the geology. And so he was like learning along with me. And then he would, after we would film out in the field, he would go back and and film it a lot more, a lot more detail and fly the drone and and find the right music and do all his editing magic. and So there's there's 24 of those things that you can find if you're interested on my uh, website called NickSetner.com, and also, I suppose, the KCTS 9 YouTube page. I think you can watch those for free. Or if you just type in Nick on the Rocks into YouTube, I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll get your way some, somehow to, to those episodes. They're short and sweet, and and they received a little bit of acclaim uh, at one point, a couple of awards. So it, it, it it was nice. Okay. Well, then the pandemic started, and suddenly we didn't have a season to film. We couldn't go out. It wasn't safe to go out and film. And then another season went by, and we were still kind of in this weird spot where people were working from home and everything else. And in the meantime, I had been discovering this YouTube world and this audio podcast world, and and the audience was was live. The audience was immediately, you know, on the other end, and I was really enjoying that. And I was less and less interested in in filming episodes that would take months to edit, and and. Uh, You know, also also we're just in this really compressed form. So to finish the story, there were four years where nothing was happening with the Nick on the Rocks episodes and the PBS stuff. And in that four years, Linda retired. There was a new university president. And Chris retired. I'm just going to have lunch at his house uh, in an hour and a half just to get caught up on what's going on with him in retirement. So I figured that was the end of it. And yeah, you get two Emmys at the end of the whole thing, and everybody's happy, and they're all uh, you know getting uh, pats on the back, and it's like, okay, well, mission accomplished. Well, the purpose for this audio episode here today is that this summer I've been out filming new episodes of Nick on the Rocks resuming the series after four years off. And you're like, oh, God, Chris and Linda came out of retirement? No. Instead, the channel in Seattle said, how can we get this Nick on the Rocks thing going again? Everybody, our viewers keep asking, you know, are there going to be any new ones? I'm tired of watching the reruns. Apparently people still watch television, by the way. PBS is obviously an older demographic I think that's obvious. I don't sit and watch television. I don't flip through the channels. I don't you know the, 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 you're like, why would you do a five minute episode? Well they they're, they're, the model at least for the Seattle PBS station is we want locally created video content to show uh, for a few minutes before the top of the hour. You know, in between Nova and something else, we're going to toss in this. But again, you know, 20, 30 years ago, there were just a few channels and everybody was watching the same stuff. And, and now it's so fractured that I I don't sit there and watch television, but again, from the people that I'm dealing with over the last few years, a lot of people are somehow finding these PBS episodes, and maybe it does mean that they're sitting at home watching on television. I don't know. But it worked. Uh, the demographic, the, the viewer numbers, the, I don't know, do Nielsen ratings even exist anymore? W- however you quantify that, it's a big audience. And Linda, before she retired, worked hard to get Nick on the rocks not only to show on the Seattle uh KCTS 9, which, you know, is all the homes of of Washington and up in British Columbia, apparently. But then she worked out a deal with Oregon Public Broadcasting. So Nick on the Rocks had been showing, I guess, mostly in reruns uh, throughout the entire state of Oregon. Uh, She got Nick on the Rocks to air in Idaho. Uh, in the Spokane PBS station, which reaches into Montana, I guess, and Alberta. I don't know. So it's a Pacific Northwest audience that uh, appears to know about this series, and there was enough um, constant rumbling about the series that that, uh, the, the Seattle Channel said, can't we get this going again? Well, over the course of the last year... Uh, This is mostly by email, but occasionally a Zoom conference or something with with somebody over in PBS. And they're like, well, how can we get this going? And I'm like, well, I'm not sure I'm interested, to be honest. You know, Chris and Linda have retired. It's just me over here. We're not going to make the episodes anymore. It doesn't look like there's nobody here to make them here at at the university. And besides, I'm having a lot of fun doing my own thing. Flash forward to... March, I guess, of this year. So just a few months ago, March of 2023. um, KCTS9 said, well, we hear that you're kind of lukewarm about this, but we have a young filmmaker who we would like to hire to resume the series with you. And again, this is KCTS9 talking to me. We've heard what you're wanting you're wanting somebody who can hike with you it could just be one person who can shoot the video who can do the editing who can fly a drone uh who has professional experience he's good with a microphone you know audio setup and we we think we have the guy that can do that and i said you know up until that point i said i don't know if a person like this exists but I don't want a big film crew. I just, I just want one person who can do it all basically. And also is very comfortable in the mountains and uh, is, you know, that person is key. So they found this guy, Brady and Brady drove over in March to visit with me. And we took a hike together and we just kind of learned about each other. And by the time we got done with the hike, I was, I was pretty convinced he was the right guy. Like, Channel 9 found the right person for this. So they hired him. And so the resurrection of Nick on the Rocks, which are now, I guess, eight-minute episodes instead of five. And there's going to be eight per season. So we have filmed seven of the eight episodes uh, in the last few months. And the last one will be filmed in September up in the North Cascades. Those are going to be airing apparently this winter, uh, but again, my role is is pretty minimal. I come up with the show ideas, I write out some bullet points, and then we go out and film. So I'm just, I don't know. I guess addressing a common question that I'm getting, which is wonderful that people are like, "Are these Nick on the Rocks things going to start up again?" And so I'm saying right here, yes, they are, and. And we've done seven new episodes already. If you're curious, can I give you the seven episodes just off the top of my head? Drumheller, I've been thinking about the ICH floods, right? So I have the kind of flexibility to uh, pick show topics that uh, merge with my current interests. So the first one that Brady and I did together back in early May was in Drumheller Channels, where I'd been just filming... Uh, teaching with my 351 students and also doing all this new bread stuff anyway. We did an episode, we filmed at uh, Saddle Rock uh, overlooking Wenatchee. We did a Moses Cooley episode. And then in the last two weeks, in mid-July, we were based out of northwestern Washington and Backcountry Gary, who's a longtime YouTube viewer, uh, who I didn't know before the pandemic, but has become a very important person uh, with these new Nick on the Rocks episodes because of his Forest Service experience. He's been able to uh, speed up the permit process. You may be surprised to hear that you have to get permission to film on Forest Service land or any kind of public land. And then of course flying a drone requires extra permit stuff. So Gary has enough clout where his association with us uh, has helped us um, get permission to film. So what what are those four episodes we've done in the last two weeks? Again, mostly based on stuff that I've already known from or learned from past uh, YouTube series. Uh, Big Four Mountain. there's some tilted sedimentary layers tied to the accretion of Ciletsia. Uh Mount Shuuxson Green schist. We filmed at both Mount Shuuxson and also Whitechuck Mountain, which has some amazing looking green schist. We hiked up into that country. And then last week we did a Mount Baker volcano episode on some absolutely idyllic, perfect weather days. Mount Baker was a day, and then we hiked up to Yellow Aster Butte. And again, here's this kid, Brady, who's got, feels like three different cameras, drone, microphones uh, in a pack that I think weighs 60 pounds, but it's all just on his back. He's got a little bit of water and food and, Yellow Buttes, not an easy hike. It's two thousand feet up. Uh, we spent six hours up there filming this remote stuff, and then back to the cars uh, before sunset. So it's it's a it's a resurrection of the series. Resurrection. It's we're resuming the series, but it's going to look and feel different, and maybe radically different. It's a new guy filming it, um, and as I close this little self-important episode, if you are familiar with the YouTube stuff that I've been doing, you know, the backyard intimacy, that whole sort of thing, hiking, looking into the camera, long videos, probably too long, you know, but there's a certain rapport. There's a certain vibe. That's totally me. And then the first four seasons of the Nick on the Rocks episodes were were. They were me, but they weren't really me. They were kind of a, a, uh, I don't know, homogenized version of me. You know, I'm standing in a kind of a static scene and looking into the camera and kind of doing what I consider old-fashioned science communication, where you're just kind of standing and pointing. And it, it clearly worked. And, and Chris was so good with the editing, I think that was his main strength, his editing, more so than the video stuff in the field, that that, that was the, the scene. Well, this young guy, Brady, is, and we've had a few discussions about this, but he's trying to find this middle ground between a rather traditional, static look of the former Nick on the Rocks episodes, which were gorgeous but kind of a detached, toned-down version of me. That's on one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is is me, uh, you know, just being totally me in a very uh, informal, sometimes foul-mouthed, you know, dropping this and that, and there's no editing at all. And... You know, that was by necessity because we're in pandemic and I'm just trying to learn how to do stuff and I'm losing my cool sometimes and everything else. But yet there's a certain bond that you can get with an audience if you are a, a real human being on screen. Brady's trying to find this this middle ground between the static professional thing, which is kind of detached from the landscape. And this amateur hour stuff in the backyard or where I'm just hiking by myself with an iPhone and a gizmo. So I've only seen one rough cut of the Drumheller episode, but I think he's good. I'm excited by the possibility of what he's going to be able to create. But he's got seven episodes worth of video that he needs to start <laughs> editing. And uh, uh, I'll be just as interested as everybody else maybe to, to see what they are. Uh, but I have seen a little bit of the drone photography that he, or the drone video that he got from the Mount Baker area last week. And I'm like, oh my God, there's, uh, if it is radically different than the earlier episodes, I can't believe anybody's going to be disappointed because this kid is, is finding the right angles with the right golden light to really make this stuff work. So, pausing because it it feels like one of these radio episodes where it's zero geology and mostly talking about oneself. I guess that's what just happened, but I'm trying to communicate, (laughs) communicate what's upcoming. Uh, There's also the Oregon Public Broadcasting Ginkgo Lava Flow episode, which I shared with you and actually got some great feedback from some of you by audio form last February the Oregon people are, are, are um, editing that episode right now, and I think that's maybe going to air in September, latest I heard, an episode on ob- Oregon Public Broadcasting with me guest hosting in the Oregon Field Guide series, an episode called The Ginkgo Flow. So that's the, that's the latest there, and I appreciate you tuning into this one, dear listener. Uh, I think that I will go back to a handful of episodes, maybe more than a handful, in the next couple of months, where it's going to be straight geology. I think I think I'm I think I'm disgusted at the moment. <laughs> I think I'm feeling this is this is way too far on the self promotion end of the spectrum, and the communication part of the spectrum, and uh, the way I'm feeling right at the moment. It's time for some straight-up geology episodes in radio form, and I promise that that's coming in the next few weeks to a few months. Okay, that's enough for today. I hope everything's going well in your world. Thank you, dear listener. I love you. And goodbye from Ellensburg, Washington, USA.